And so it's such a unique lifestyle because not a lot of people are doing what we're doing. Not a lot of people are building brands. Not a lot of people are creating products. Not a lot of people are um, just in this whole space that we're in where we are the change agents. We are the people that are making the community better. It's really difficult to justify that to somebody, a $7,000 a month car note. <laughs> yeah. $7,000 car note. Welcome to Tweet Talk. Are we on the air, Tweet Talk. What it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Yes. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Meganer himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. Episode 127. I am your host, Raphael Husband, a.k.a. Raph Millie, my co-host, Charles Oglesby III, J.D., a.k.a. Todd Billionaire, and we are here to talk about building black wealth and break it down for national tweets. What's going on, Charles? Man, it's just Warriors and Five out here. Warriors and Five. I said it was going to be Warriors and Six. It ended up being Warriors and Five, but it's still Warriors nonetheless. Warriors. So that's where we're at, man. I love seeing greatness. I love seeing team basketball. I love seeing teams. Shout out to the teams. If you ain't a part of a team, man, get away from me. If you are not a team player, get away from me. I don't need nobody who ain't trying to win it all for us, man. Because when you're part of a championship team, guess what? Everybody wins. So I'm taking this class right now. And in this class, one of the things that he always talks about is the Manny Moda principle. And so Manny Moda is a hitting coach. And when hitters are going through a slump, what he'll do is he'll bring them in and he'll diagnose everything they're doing wrong. And so, like, most people don't want to take criticism. They're like, man, I'm not going to let you tell me what I'm doing wrong and why I suck. Like, if you were on a job and they're telling you that you suck and you're not good, like, you would have a problem with that. But there's two reasons why you want this kind of feedback from Manny Moda. The first is he's an all-star hitter. The dude is qualified to be coaching you. And the second is you guys are wearing the same jersey. So if you're wearing the same jersey, you guys are going towards the same thing. And so the feedback is headed towards the same place. Very important. Um, Yeah, because we're all out here wearing the same jersey, which I think is important because we talk black wealth. We talk all these really cool things and people might get offended. They might get mad. You say something that rubs in the wrong way, but you got to realize like we wear in the same jersey. If you lose, I lose. If you win, I win. So therefore, anything that I'm saying to you, even if you might think that it's about Donald Trump or it's about whoever, it's all with your best interest at heart. Because if you why would I be telling you something that's going to make you lose if I lose as a result? That doesn't make any sense. You might not want to hear it, but I've done some things correctly and I'm wearing your jersey. So the criticism is aimed at a good place. Episode Golden State Warriors and also get the episode Rolls Royce. Royce. What's going on, Raphael? What's going on is y'all, y'all people need to subscribe to the podcast. If you're not subscribed right now, subscribe right now. Follow us on Twitter at Tweet Talk Pod. It's P-O-D. Follow myself, Raphael at Work Money Life. Follow man Charles on Twitter at Rail Todd Billion because he's the only one. Man, what's going on? As I see you guys wrapped up a successful weekend 
event, live recording of the Millionaire Talk Show in Atlanta, our sister podcast, or Big Brother podcast, however you want to look at it. <laughs> however you want to look at it, whatever works for you. Uh, like you we'll said, call we call it the, the Big Daddy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Like you said, we were in the same jersey, Todd Capital. We all understand. We need Todd Capital jerseys. We do. I've been thinking about that. Hey, if you want a Todd Capital jersey, tap in. We will get you one. Todd Capital jerseys coming through. There's actually a company that makes those. Like I've seen, like they advertise, like you can create your own jersey. So we need Todd Capital jerseys out here. What number would you be on Todd Capital? I don't know, man. It don't really matter. You I should be 33. You should be 33. You should be Scotty Pippen. <laughs> what will we be Michelle be? I don't even know. That's a good question. We gotta ask uh, her what number she would be. I, she, I was she, thinking like one, two, three, man. Yeah, she's like a number one, huh? Michelle be like a number one. I could be either number thirty, a number twenty-three. Cause you that number thirty starting to look a lot like twenty-three these days. <laughs> Show the boys some respect. Put some respect on Steph Curry's name. I just want the jersey. Or more importantly, the ring. That too. Let's get the ring, chip. man. That trophy. Let's, let's get the shit because that's what matters. And we all going to get there. We going to get there more working together than working apart from each other. I've been trying to get folks to understand this for the longest. We're going for the chip. You know what the chip is? Billion dollar company. IPO. That's the chip. The chip ain't $100,000. The chip ain't six figures. If you want six figures, get a job. If you want six figures, go get a boss. But if you're going to be in business, we got to be chasing billions. If you're in business and you're not chasing billions, what's the point? You can go through a lot less stress, a lot less pressure, a lot less government regulation and intrusion, and just make $100,000 and be all right. Go home and not, yeah, like you said, less stress, man. Let's get into this business. Now you talk about business, you got to tweet. Explain this when you said great clients bring great clients. Man, I was listening to the Earn Your Leisure podcast, and I don't listen to that podcast that often, just being honest. But mm-hmm. I did listen to this one with Humble L. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. But what I liked about this is he's a certified financial planner slash financial advisor for uh, entertainers and athletes and executives. And so I just want to hear his story. I want to see how he created such a massive organization by 35. And I was inspired. I was like, man, that's, an, that's the next wave. So getting these certifications, being able to go um, that route, that's one of the things that I'm looking to do. And one of the things he was talking about is like, they're asking, how do you get good clients? And he was like, mostly it's the referrals. Like people refer him customers. And usually the best customers that he brings in, bring in other really good customers because he's very selective of who he allows to come on and work with them now that he's at this place in this business. And so he doesn't want to bring on somebody who doesn't understand the mission, um, is spending their spendings out of control, and they wouldn't submit to the vision that he has for them and protecting their wealth and growing their wealth, which is really important because there's a lot of advisors out there who really don't have your best interest at heart. And a lot of times you're going to get that when you're in a community that's not your community. Why? Because they're looking at you as a dollar sign. They might play the nice role, but at the end of the day, you a check. And at the end of your career, you're not going back to their community. You're going to your community. And so they really don't care what you do after you leave the league. You're only good for them while you're in the league. But if you're a part of our community, you're good for us as long as you're alive. You always have value to contribute because we're on the same team at the end of the day. And we can't have unproductive people on our team. They can have unproductive people who aren't a part of their community because it doesn't impact their community. But I remember I was reading somewhere 
And they were talking about like in other communities, like we see somebody who's struggling and the response is like, oh, you broke, you ain't got nothing, you whack. In other communities, they'd be like, oh, you broke, here's a rental property. Oh, you broke, here's a business. Oh, you broke, here's a loan. Oh, you broke, here's something to help you not be broke. Mm. Whereas we look at it, it's like, oh, man, you whack. You better go get a job. You better go do something. You better blah, 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 blah. And so I just thought that was important because a lot of our professional athletes, and I, I meant to send this to one of um, the people that I work with who plays pro football. He just got traded to, I want to say the Titans, but he used to be a Detroit Lion. And so that's why he was working with us in buying real estate projects because Detroit, we've invested, we buy in Detroit and he lives in Detroit and his, his business and his things in Detroit. But what's really cool is the fact that he still has a piece of Detroit with him because he bought some property with us. That is what most athletes should be doing is when you're in places, get a piece of that, um, get a piece of that city. So you still own a piece of that city. So um, I would just say that really, I just thought it was important because we always go and we battle with this thing where you start pricing your products too low and you bring in like the worst of the worst and you bring in the headaches, you bring in the people who are going to ask you in questions, people who aren't going to do the work. Right. A lot of folks, you can give them the best information. They don't do the work. It don't matter. And so it was just interesting to me to see like, okay, if you only work with the best, they only hang with the best yep. because dope people don't hang with scrubs. And so their friends are going to hear about what you're doing for them and with them. And they're going to just naturally be inclined to work with you. And you know, what's funny. They, they're not going to want to, even if they have friends that they think, if they think they're not going to be good clients, they're not going to bring them around. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but sometimes you see people like, you know, they're kind of successful, at least in some sort of level, but they have friends that kind of not, but they're not going to bring them around their other successful friends. Like they're going to keep them separated. You know, they're not, because then it, you make them look bad. They don't right, you make them look bad. So it's like, yeah, when they bring you a referral, it's like, yeah, this guy's good. Kind of vouch for him. And they know that they're vouching for them. So if you have a bad experience with them, it makes them look bad. So there it goes. And it's funny. I met, I knew this guy, white dude that work. He's, he's an ex NFL player. And he told me, I got to know him a little bit. He told me he, um, he had bought, he moved around a couple of teams and he bought a house pretty much where he, where he went. And he said he bought a house in Miami. I think he said like 80, early 80s or something like that, maybe late 70s, early 80s, whatever. And he told me he sold it for like a million because he said back then, like he bought it like on the water. He said at the, at the time, Miami wasn't popping like it is now. And people were kind of like, why are you buying this thing? Like it was not popping like that. And I'm like a million dollars. Meanwhile, too many of our people that rent in and they could buy, but like eh, it's just like eh. it's not that they don't they don't have the means or they can't do it if they make a little effort, but they don't see the the point and it's kind of sad, man. Like we don't have that vision. I don't know, man. I used to really bang the drum for home ownership. I don't really bang it no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's because I own a home now. And a lot of times my tweets are just me talking to me. My tweet is uh, me talking to me like, bruh, stop renting. That's whack. Bruh, stop working that job. That's whack. I just be tweeting to me. People think I'm tweeting to them. These tweets are for me. Me talk. I got you. So now, now that you got there, you don't talk about it. Now we're just talking about a Rolls Royce. Now the <laughs> whole focus is Rolls Royce talk. That's an interesting way to look at it. And something else, too, before we move on, you're talking about how some of these advisors don't have your best interests at heart and it automatically made me think of i hate to say it, but I, I don't really 
like advisors that work for insurance companies because mm. generally speaking when they work for an insurance company what are they selling you whole life insurance yep and annuities if you really think about it if if you ever worked with somebody that came from an insurance company or got solicited by somebody from an insurance company you think if you really think about it that's really what they, they they're selling mainly whole life insurance and annuities why and when, and when all you have is a hammer everything looks like a nail right when exactly. all you have is life insurance everything looks like a life insurance opportunity that becomes the number one thing that you pitch and one thing i want people to know you you might be looking at bad people like what qualifies you to teach this what qualifies you to talk about this i'll let you know something about these life insurance companies their advisors they're not necessarily like college educated or necessarily have certifications i looked at one one time to see what because at the time i was thinking about becoming an advisor and you know the qualifications they wanted a ged and sales experience you know all right and i don't even think they want to say this but just want like ged if it was a education because what are they going to do? They're going to bring you in and teach you the way they wanted you to sell mm -hmm. and the products to sell. Because I don't think they even wanted somebody that had like certification because then you know you know too much. Yeah. You know? So you got to be careful, man. That was one of the reasons why I got out of the industry, because I'm over here like, man, I went to college, supposed to have this prestigious career. And I'm over here working with folks who like ain't really do any of the stuff that I did. And they're still in the same spot. Like, it kind of was disheartening. I was like, this is whack. I work very hard. I, I'm like the only person in here with a degree talking about getting an MBA. And they over here just like, yeah, um, I used to be a realtor. Yeah, <laughs> uh, whatever they used to do. And I was like, man, that's lame. No, thanks. Used to sell cars or something. Yeah, right? I used now, to be a teacher. You said people notice the Rolex. Nobody knows what a Panerai is. One of the coolest things that happened when I was in Atlanta is... um. I went to the selfie studio and I was like doing some stuff like I was paying for it. And the guy's like, oh, that's a nice watch. That's a date just right. And I was like, it is a date just. And then I went to um to uh, the, the place next door to the cigar bar. And I walked in there and I was getting the cigar and the guy's like, oh, that's a nice watch. That's a date just right. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I like showed him what it was and whatnot. And I was like, that's cool. Nobody ever really knows what a Panerai is. Like nobody knows what a Panerai is. I don't even know what my Panerais are. Or it's very hard to get my damn Panerai for nobody not to know what it is. You know what? I never, I don't think I ever heard of it. And I've heard of expensive watches, but I never, I don't think I ever heard of it until you, you met, you got one. Yeah. And it was something that I wanted for a very long time. Like when I first got my first job at a law firm, one of the lawyers had one and I, I've been looking at them for a while. I don't even know how I got hip to them. Mm -hmm. um, this is years ago. And I was like, man, I looked up how much it costs and it was like seven grand, eight grand for like a Luminor. And I think some cost more. And if you get it in gold, it costs more. But like for a stainless steel Luminor or a radio mirror, radio mirror is like five thousand um, dollars. It's it's it seemed out of touch when I was working a job. I was like, man, how am I going to get one of those? And I remember I went to the watch store and I looked at it and I was talking to the dude. and I was like, man, seven thousand dollars for a watch. That's so much money. And um, one of the things that I'm a proponent of is taking baby steps. And one of the things that I did was I um, I got a Bell and Ross. So like the first like luxury watch that I bought was a Bell and Ross and I bought it on Crown and Caliber. I paid $2,000 for that watch and I loved that watch. That was like my favorite watch. That was my flex watch. And um, then I kind of got hip to like having watches that like were, were symbolic of something. 
And then I was like, all right, well, I definitely, once things started like really taking off, I was like, man, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get a Panerai. I'm gonna finally get that Panerai that I always wanted. So I got it and it was cool. I got another Panerai and it was cool. Then I got my first Rolex and a Rolex is different, man. Like a Rolex, not only do they notice it, but you feel different when you wear it. I remember watching this, uh, this blog and it was this like watch company and they were talking, like they do all this content around watches and they interviewed this girl. And she was like, I got my Rolex and I never really take it off. I'm always wearing this watch. And she was like, for a while, I didn't know why I wear it all the time. But now I realize, like I wear it because there's a certain kind of person that has a watch like this and they have certain kind of personality traits. And she was like, I want to like relate to that at all times. I always want to be in that mindset. And I was like, that's dope. And it's kind of why I do it too. Like I wear this watch all like I, so I have, I have three but I wear one like as my daily wear. I wear one when I'm wearing like suits and I kind of want to be more dressy because I have two sports Rolexes and you can wear a sports Rolex with a suit. I just tend not to. I tend to wear my date just when I have on a suit. Um, but I wear this one like daily. This is my daily watch. And like, I don't know. I just don't feel like normal and I don't have it on. But I also just notice that most people don't really notice the Panerai. And the Rolex pops and also makes you feel good about yourself, too. So it's like it, it serves dual purposes. And this is why it's important to get things that um, you might look up to and aspire towards is because usually you become the kind of person that is is uh, the kind of person who would wear those things. So, like, we'd be grinding. I had a very, very, very full day today. Took the Turo out there, drove the Turo back or drove an Uber back, um, got back chilled for like an hour and a half and then it was just call 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 um dre hit me up he's like you trying to get in the live i was like let's do it um i had two consulting calls um this popped up and then at the same time um michelle michelle reached out and she was like hey i want to go live from the page i was like all right let's do it and so i'm like all these things firing off at once and then somebody else reached out and they're like are you trying to do a podcast tonight at like eight i was like man i'm like i'm so stretched in right now but like when you're in that that Rolex mindset, that luxury mindset, you can kind of lock in on the work because you're not like looking at what you want. And a lot of times we we don't do the work because we're looking at what we want and we're just kind of stargazing all the time. And so that's why you got to get what you want out of the way. I have like my mom, they've been talking about getting a pool for the longest, the longest, Raphael. My parents have been talking about a pool since I've known like my stepdad. My parents <laughs> have been married for 20 years. He's been talking about getting a, 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 a pool for 20 years. And I was talking to my mom when I was in, in Atlanta, and she said that she had called um, a pool company and got a quote. And they said $100,000 to put the pool in, be about $1,000 a month. And I said two things to her. I said, well, what can we create that's going to generate $1,000 a month? Mm-hmm. That was my first thing to her. How can we create another $1,000 a month? And the next thing that I said is, how much did it cost when you guys are looking at this same thing 20 years ago? And she was like, probably about half the price. And I was like, that's because you guys just waited. You could have got that same pool for 50 grand and now it's a hundred grand. And also what's a thousand dollars a month, Raphael? 10 extra mm-hmm. hours of work. Mm-hmm. We all got it in us, but it's just, you don't really lock into being that focused until you really get what you want and get it out of the way. But you're never going to do the work until you get what you want. It's just, just this weird cycle. Like most people don't really become motivated to pay a mortgage until they have a mortgage. But when they don't have a mortgage, they're like, oh, man, right. it's going to be this much. It's going to be so much money. I don't know. I'm going to do it. And so they just sit on the side. Same thing with like car notes. Like I thought I was going to test it for the longest. We talk about getting the bend for the longest. And then once you get it, now you start locking things in. You're like, all right, boom, 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 boom. 
I got the te- I got the the Lexus on Turo. The Turo pays for both the cars. But it's like until you lock in and get what you want, you're not going to do what's necessary to maintain what you have or what you want. Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. Yeah, that motivation is different. So let's talk to the people real quick about the experience down in Atlanta. Like, Walk us through that a little bit. Man, we had a good time, but it was actually supposed to be way more lean than it ended up being. Um, so I booked a Beamer because I like Beamers. I like just they're just fun cars to drive that thing in sport mode we'd be zipping around and uh, so i booked a beamer and then uh, what's going on dre what's going on terry so i booked a beamer and um people on these peer-to-peer stuff they'd be playing games man and um the um as i landed he can't he canceled the trip and so i'm sitting here i'm like stranded trying to figure out how i'm gonna get from the airport to do what i got to do and book a car in a short amount of time so I'm over here looking to try to book a car and I couldn't book anything on such short notice because I need like a three hour window. So I'm over here looking, 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 looking. And um, I see like a Bentley pop up and it was actually priced pretty reasonably. It might have been like 500 bucks a day or something. And I was like, you know what? YOLO. Because quite honestly, when we went to when we went to Vegas, I actually wanted to rent a Bentley. When we went to Vegas, we rented a Beamer and she ended up pulling the same thing where she like we landed and she's like, oh, I don't have that car, but I have this car. Because what they do is on Turo, they bait and switch and they do crazy things. Even on Uber, I've noticed like on Uber, what they'll do is they'll call like one time I had an order. The guy called me to see where the food was being delivered because he said it didn't populate on the thing. And I told him and he canceled the order because he didn't want to deliver it. And so like sometimes these peer to peer things, they play games. And so like I've been kind of eyeing renting a Bentley, just trying to see what that experience was like. And um, I just pulled the trigger this time. So I get there. Um. He ends up, it was somebody that I rented from before. And so I met him offsite at like a, a hotel. And I'm just like looking at this thing like, this is gorgeous. And I was like, I get to drive this thing? I get to drive this car with the B on the back that all the rappers talk about in their songs and everything. So I um, started up and I drive it and I go to the mall and I park it way in the back. So I'm not trying to get nobody dinging me. Mm. And uh, I'm like, man, this is crazy. So then I go to the hotel and I or to the to the Airbnb and I parked it in the place. I'm just looking at this thing like, damn, that thing is sexy. And so um, then I went and get a haircut and I'm in the barbershop and the guy's like, who's that out there in the Bentley right there? And uh, I didn't really say nothing. He was like, oh, it's me. And he's like, oh, well, leave some parking spots for the ne- rest of us next time. And so then I went to like to get some groceries. You just feel different because like it's something about being in a car that most people can't ever attain that like is different because I go on places and I know I got money, but they don't know I got money and they don't treat you like you got money because they assume that you don't have money. And when you have a Bentley, all that goes out the window. All the assumptions is they got money. What do they do? And an example of that is um, the next like. So I stayed in Atlanta for two days and then we ended up having to extend the trip. And that third day I got a, a Rolls Royce and that was another bait and switch thing because I actually wanted to rent the Lamborghini. And so mm. I had booked the Lamborghini and like last minute, they're like, oh, we don't have a Lamborghini. All we have is a, a Rolls Royce Don or a Bentley truck and something else. And I was like, I'm in a Bentley truck right now. I want a Bentley truck. And they're like, oh, well, 
Um, I'm sorry, because it was a bait and switch. And I, I left the report on them. I was like, I gave them a one star. I was like, this is a bait and switch. You guys are advertising a car that you guys don't have. Um, and I reported it to Turo. But anyway, I was driving around in a Rolls Royce and I get to the to the Airbnb and some dude it's midnight. Some dude pulls up, literally sits there while I'm getting out the car. And he's like, hey, man, I like your car. He's like, are you a millionaire or something? And I was like, they just make that <laughs> assumption when you're in their thing. And I was like, that's where the lifestyle lifestyle marketing works, right? The lifestyle marketing works um, because that's just what they kind of portray. And they're like, well, if you if you win this car, then you must got something you want to teach me or tell me that's relevant. And so, um, yeah, I would just say that it was a really cool experience because in those environments, like you can do things like that. In California, it's a little bit weird. Maybe if you go to L.A., it's more acceptable where I live. It's a little bit more middle class. And so you don't really see that as much, but it, it was just a cool experience. Um, and so I had to go to the dealership today and I, I went, checked out the Rolls Royce dealership, talked to the salesperson. We were going over the numbers there. I'm asking him how much you got to put down. It's only, it's like 10% for first time Rolls Royce owners is 10% that you have to put down. But I was like, all right, 40, 50 K like, all right. And these cars mm-hmm. appreciate in value. And on a Rolls Royce lease, they only give you 500 miles a year. Isn't that crazy? 500 what do you do with 500 miles (laughs) you don't do nothing that's why you got to own it but one of the gyms that he told me i was i was like so like do you think it's better to lease or buy one of these and i was asking them based on the term but also based on like depreciation and things like that his response was i don't know you have to talk to your cpa because they're going to tell you what's the best way he was like a lot of people buy these and they write them off and so maybe that might work out for you and i was like dang we learning that there's a whole different life out here where yeah. you don't you don't get finance based off of that. And you consult your CPA and it's expected and you're also expected to be a business owner. So I just thought that was yeah. dope. Yeah. You say consult your CPA. When you're buying a car. That's half a million dollar car at that. Yeah. Those things yeah. are not cheap. I get maybe that's why they make the leases 500 miles a year. Yeah. So you buy. So you buy instead. So you start crunching the numbers like, man, eh, make more sense. But 100 percent. That's crazy. Is it Dawn the one with the stars in the ceiling or is that the Wraith or something? That's Apparently, all of their cars come with stars in the ceiling standard now. So mm-hmm. I think it used to be just the Phantom or it used to just be the Wraith, but now it's uh, it's standard. So I want to say really all they had in there was a Ghost and a Cullinan and a Phantom. A Ghost, a Cullinan, and a Phantom is all they're really selling right now. In terms of coupes, the only coupes they have are they're coming out in 2023 and they're bringing back the Dawn and I think the Wraith but they're going to be all electric. So I thought mm. that was kind of cool. Raising but, the standard. But really, the crazy part about it is it's all cash flow. Like at the end of the day, it's all cash flow. So I'm not out of here looking for a job. I'm not out of here looking for somebody to pay me $350,000. No, I got an asset. The asset generates the cash flow to take care of that liability. It's that simple. You don't got to do nothing crazy to buy a car. You just got to match your cash flow with the expense. Hmm. Asset buys liability. Now, on the, on the same token, how 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 close do you think that resembles wearing a suit? Like highly. Um, what's what's interesting about when you do things like that, and this is why it's really important, is because opportunities come to you. And this is one of the things that Dr. Kimbrough spoke about. Is like it's important to present yourself in that way where when you wear a suit and and I notice this and this is why I try to wear more suits is like opportunities come to you, things flock to you, people 
uh, talk to you a certain way. People treat you a certain way. And so I would say that it, it closely resembles that. And one of the things I was going to say is when you do make that investment and go for like a supercar, your entire brand increases. Like, mm. and I've even seen that not just with like, like business people. I've seen it with rappers. I've seen it with influencers. Yeah. Mr. Organic's brand took off when he started buying better cars, when he was just riding around and like challengers and stuff like that. It was cool. When he got a Wraith, when he got a Ferrari, when he got the McLaren, like, I don't know what it is, but I know that it it, it works. And um, I mean, we've seen it with Nehemiah Davis. Like he went from kind of being somebody that you look up to and seeing somebody doing cool stuff to like, that's that dude. That's that Mm. dude. And so it's such a unique lifestyle because not a lot of people are doing what we're doing. Not a lot of people are building brands. Not a lot of people are creating products. Not a lot of people are um, just in this whole space that we're in where we are the change agents. We are the people that are making the community better. It's really difficult to justify that to somebody, a $7,000 a month car note. Yeah, $7, I think part of it is when people see the car or whatever, they kind of do the mental math. Like they don't know the exact numbers, but they figure like, man, what kind of payment is on that thing? If you could afford that payment, yeah, what must he be making? But Great. a lot of things change when you eliminate your housing expense. And so that's one of the things that I was talking to my wife about because she's about to start a new business. She wants to... um get into like a beauty brand. And I was like, do you realize like the mortgage is taken care of? If you made an extra 30 grand, man, if you, if you made a hundred thousand dollars at your business, but even if you just made an extra 30 grand, like that goes pretty far because you don't have a mortgage. You don't have a mortgage expense rather. And, right. and so it's like the, the very best thing you can do is eliminate your mortgage. And so for people who are watching this, like that's what you have to do. Eliminate that mortgage by all means, get it out of here. I don't mm-hmm. care if you got a house hack. I don't care if you got to sleep in a garage like Doug Depp, whatever. I don't care if you got to rent out rooms in your house. Get rid of that mortgage. That is the number one thing you can do to achieve financial freedom. And I told somebody that today. He's like, I don't want to go back to a job. I was like, well, what are you doing to create consistent, dependable and reliable passive income that protects you? So now everything is upside. Everything should be upside. Everything should be lifestyle at this point where you do a deal and you don't got to worry about that deal taking care of your bills which is another thing that these people don't understand is like, I have the, I have certain things that eliminate major expenses. So I don't have to necessarily make that much money on paper to take care of these things. I just got to make enough to pay for this car. Everything else is taken care of. So if I can put together a play that creates the income that pays for the car, then boom. And that's what I did. That's honestly why I got so motivated to get the truck rolling is because I attached it to a thing instead of just cash. I was like, hmm, if I get this truck rolling and I can bring in enough money, I could do something really nice with this money. I'd rather do that than just like, oh, it's making money and we're just kicking it to the side. Like, no, like I'm attached this to something I really want. And that's what we're going to mm. do for that. And that what brings the motivation to, to really get it rolling, right? Right. That's interesting. And f- for some reason, when you talked about, you know, bring even bringing in the extra 30000 on the side when you eliminate the housing expense goes a long way. I started thinking like, and the funny thing is if you don't have the mortgage or the housing expense, you could actually afford to, and I don't necessarily uh, advise this, but you could actually 
get a nice car and even with payments, even though I hate I hate car payments and I'm not advising this, but you can have a nice a real nice car, make the pay afford to make the payments, and that nice car brings you more clients. Like I remember on one podcast, I forget what it was, I forget who the person was, but the lady was talking about she was like a hairdresser. Mm-hmm. And she had a nice car, or they told her to buy a nice car, and she and she couldn't understand like why? Why am I buying an expensive car? And she got the expensive car, and her business just exploded. And she was a hairdresser. Yep. Was, for some reason, people just was like, she must be. I guess they were thinking like she must be it. If she right. for that car, she must have a lot of clients. Why she got a lot of clients? Because she must be the best. Yeah. And I guess that's the assumption. There's like psychology behind it. And that's what I was trying to convey is like, we do these things because they add value to the business. That's the first thing. But I know if you guys ever seen that episode of the Ash Cash um, podcast, when he was interviewing those brothers who own that uh, car dealership, and he was talking about when he got his Lambo. And he said he asked two people about if he should buy a Lambo. The first person he asked was his mom. The second person he asked was somebody who already owned a Lambo. His mom was like, nah, I wouldn't do it. It doesn't make any sense. The second person was like, you should get it. It changes everything. He said it changes everything. When you go, I'm, I don't I don't know why. I just know that it changes everything. Even the people on this live, we were talking about the Rolls Royce. The views just increased. <laughs> right, man. And it's funny. It's like the circle I put in. It's so funny. I put in the live chat, like peace to the notaries, not knowing Andre Hatchet was in the chat. All the notaries in the building. And he popped, he just popped out nowhere. He's like, peace. I'm like, oh shoot, Andre's here. And I started thinking, I see, I see Dre everywhere, man. I jumped on that call for um Chris Senegal's project, the the investor call. And who was in who was in the chat on the call? Andre Hatchet. Yep. It's like when you start making moves, you start running into the same people everywhere you turn, man. That's a good sign, folks. And you want to be the person that people see every way they go, that something good is happening to. But Charles, you said at this one, I really want to hear the explanation on this one. You said entertainers can be creative their whole lives, but athletes die twice. Yeah, another another gem from that podcast. And the reason why it's relevant is because essentially what he was saying is like athletes have to be very, very diligent what what they do in terms of their personal finance. And it's very important because when you're an athlete and you retire, it ain't no pension. It ain't no 401k and none of that stuff. Although I think if you do play like an extended time in the league, you do get some sort of a pension. Like I remember when I used to work in the bank, Jalen Rose would get like an NBA pension. And so um, like most players don't get that, though. Most players don't play as long as he played. Most players aren't Jalen Rose household name type players who have had just like these long careers. And so. Like as an athlete, let's say you make $20 million, right? And your career is five years long, 10 years long. Let's say 10 years long. Most players aren't playing 10 years. Let's say five years. Five years, you make $20 million. Most people, what they'll do is they'll spend that $20 million as if it's really for five years. But it's not for five years. It's for the rest of your life. That $20 million has to last you the rest of your life. And most of them don't spend like that. Most of them, why they end up broke is they spend... Like for the rest of their life, they're going to make $5 million per year, every single year. And so they spend like that. They buy cars like that. They buy jewelry like that. They party like that. They travel like that. They buy clothes like that, all that stuff. 
And as an athlete, you have to understand that like there is a very short window for you to make as much money as possible. And then what you need to do is you need to invest that money. Now, what he was saying is that that's different if you're like a creative, if you're somebody who is a director, a writer, um, like Tyler Perry, something like Tyler Perry can always create another play. Issa Rae can always write another production. A rapper can always make another album, always do another show. But if you're an athlete, you're only really relevant while you're in the league. And so you have to make very good use of the money that you're getting in the time that you have it. So you can't take that stuff for granted. You really can't. And this is why I tell a lot of them to take that money and annuitize that money. So if you have $20 million, it would behoove you to take that money, $20 million. And instead of starting to spend from that 20 million, you put it into something that pays you 5% to 10% per year. And then you live off of the dividends and the interest. So you put it into bonds, specifically maybe tax-free bonds. You put it into um, a real estate investment trust. You put it into something that's stable, that may grow in value, but it's going to give you a significant dividend. Why? Because if you have $20 million invested, making you 5% per year, now you're making a million dollars a year, risk-free almost. There's not too much you can't do with a million dollars a year. And another thing that's important is now that money is permanent. So that $20 million is creating a permanent source of income for your family. And let's say you want to borrow against that money to put into a project to borrow against that money to buy some uh, some properties or buy an apartment complex. That's an intelligent use of your money. But what's not an intelligent use of your money is to spend the money that they're giving you. Because when that money's gone, it's gone. And so you have to protect it with your life because that is your life. All of the all that you've worked for, you were able to cash out in that immediate moment. And you don't want to, you don't want to lose that. And the reason why I came up with this is because I was like, there has to be a better way. We're seeing all these athletes get this money, blow this money, and be poor. I was like, there has to be a better way. What is a better way? Well, this is a better way. Are there other options out there? Of course. You can go buy an apartment complex, you can go buy a business, you can go buy all these different things. But the most important thing for you to do is not spend your principal. That's the very, that's the most expensive thing. That, the most important thing to do is you do not spend that bulk of money that you have that they've given you because that is your freedom ticket. That's what's going to allow you to be free forever. That's what allows me to be free forever. I took the money and I invested into dividends. Now I don't got to worry about a mortgage ever again. Like that's what all these athletes should be aiming for is to eliminate your expenses and to also be able to create that lifestyle with the money that your money makes, not with the actual money. I'll only spend the... Only spend the babies that your money creates, never spend the mom. It's kind of like if you have a like if you have a farm and you have these cows, what these dudes is instead of like taking the milk and drinking the milk or selling the milk, they're eating the cow. And if you eat the cow, where are you going to get milk? You had a great meal. It was delicious. But now you have nothing left over to feed you when you're hungry again. Your principle is that cow. Your principle is that farm. Your principle is that land. And this is why I don't think it's wise for us to be selling off the assets that we have for cash. Speaking of, I got to send an offer on that house. I keep forgetting to do that, but it's very important not to do that. Yeah, baby. And and the thing is, with the you said being a creative versus uh, an athlete. Like suppose Tyler Perry went to go broke overnight and lose every single thing. All you gotta do is pick up a pen and a paper, and he can write another play. Forget a movie. He could go back to doing a play anything and it's intellectual property that you can get royalties on you can't get royalties on that game seven that you played 10 years ago nope like for all the accolades that michael jordan gets people to call him the goat greatest all time and they're still wearing his sneakers all this time later and all this crap he don't get a penny 
of any game that he played 20 years ago. He makes money off royalties he get for selling sneakers. Something to think about. You said, main reason I'm valuable online is my formal education. Mm. That's a gem. And uh, I think it came up because I saw a tweet where somebody said that college isn't important anymore because you can learn more on YouTube, podcasts, and maybe courses. And I got to thinking because that comes across the timeline a lot. A lot of people are trying to like discredit college. I think that's a mistake. Todd Consultant presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business, generating thousands per month, and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. Because every single platform that I'm on, I, I tend to generate a following. Why do I generate a following? I generate a following because I think. All I do is think and post. So I take the world, I generate an original thought. I share that original thought and it gets likes, retweets, and shares. The reason why I'm able to do that is because I'm very educated. And as, as maybe egotistical as that might sound, it's really not because in, in college, like you learn a lot of critical thinking. And so, for example, when I was in the situation where like I was stranded in Atlanta, I like was presented with an opportunity that was like really difficult for me to kind of maneuver because the flights are just really difficult. And so I had to go sit down and I had to think through my problem. And so I started looking at different flights. I was like, all right, maybe I could fly into Santa Ana. Maybe I could fly into San Diego. Maybe I could fly into LAX. Maybe I could fly this time, next time, this time. And I finally fell on a solution. And so um, what's important is that when you, when, you, when you go through these like academic programs and you're presented with different problems and challenges and different like papers you have to write and different exams you have to study for, you learn how to think and and, and most people don't think most people don't think like Henry Ford said, thinking is the hardest work. And that's why most people don't do it. And this mm -hmm. is important because they're going to follow the thinkers. And so people follow me because I'm a thinker. People follow me because I share these things. And so I think that my education is one of the things that make me valuable. Now, on the other hand, I know people who are educated and they don't engage in maybe like these extra things that are out there, the podcast, the YouTube, the, the, the courses. And I think that's a mistake as well, because I think that the combination is what really gives you that advantage. So when you have your advanced education, but then you also have like that, that informal education, like you said, formal education makes you a living, but informal living, informal education makes you a fortune. And so if you combine the two, now you're really crushing it. And so that's why I encourage people to do is combine the two. Um, and if you don't have the luxury of going back and getting that formal education, then double down on informal education, double down on YouTube podcasts. You shouldn't be, even be watching that nonsense. You should strictly be educating yourself and making yourself more informed. Yeah, 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 yeah. He also said the same people who shame you for selling things will shame you for having a job that pays you enough to be broke. Yeah, um, I tweeted that because there's a dude on my Instagram recently. And he was like, oh, he's, he'll, he'll say anything to sell a course because I posted that thing about the truck. And um, I was like, I didn't sell it to, to sell a course. I said that because I was frustrated. I don't even got a trucking course. What are you talking about? 
And um, uh, you know what I think it was? The automation. Maybe. Or maybe I'm thinking about something else, but you tweeted something and the automation came through with, um, with the course. But it's bad. possible, but this was on uh, it was on, I, on, uh, on Instagram. Oh, I think it was something oh, different I'm talking about. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I just I just be thinking because in a lot of instances, like a lot of people, they refuse to sell a product because they don't want to be seen as a salesman. They don't want to be seen as like somebody who, quote, needs your money when a lot of folks do need people's money. Like a lot of folks, if they had some extra cash, they'd probably be less miserable and less frustrated and less angry at the government. And so I think we got to be real with ourselves, man. A lot of people are not being real with their circumstances and the fact that they do need money. And it just reminded me, like, people are always going to have something to say. People are either going to, if you're not selling something, they're going to tell you to sell something. If you are selling something, they're going to criticize you for selling something. If you work in a job and you're not getting paid, you can't afford to do things, they're going to call you broke. If you don't got a job, they're going to call you broke. So really, the moral of the story is do whatever you want to do. Do whatever you want to do, because folks going to talk. And if you try to avoid Careless. talk, you're just going to be miserable. Yep. Do what you got to do to get out of your situation if you're in a bad situation. Now, <laughs> you I definitely want to talk about this one. You said one of the biggest threats to wealth is generosity. Some people might not get that off the rip. Um, Another thing that I took from that recent podcast that I listened to, but it, it's so important. And when, when you get into a good place and people know that you are in a good place, they're going to start leaning on you. Um, I've been pressured into doing a lot of things. Um, you got it. <laughs> and, and like people get very like I've been pressured into doing a lot of things. I've had people who have done half ass work, who want full pay. Mm-hmm. And they start talking real crazy, real slick, start sending you DMs like, where's the money? Where's the money? Where's the money? So much so that I've had to get to the point where I don't pay people just because they ask for it. I pay people systematically. I pay them on the first and the 15th. Because folks will send you an invoice and expect to get paid that day. They expect to get paid that day. You ain't had a chance to inspect the work. You ain't a chance to get it, um, get it approved through um, the city, but they want to get paid. I've had people who have done a job, didn't do it right, and then wanted to get paid to fix the work that they did wrong. <laughs> I've had people who recently wanted me to send them money to do something. I told them no. And then they had the money anyway. And so mm-hmm. what I found is like, we all are nice people. We all want to do nice things, especially if you have the ability to do it. But people are taking advantage of you. People will take advantage of you and they won't even know they're doing it. People will fuck up your situation and they'll do it subconsciously. Like people who like, maybe you're doing better than them. They will literally destroy your finances. Like they'll find different ways to spend it. They'll find problems for you to solve. Like a lot of times what I'm finding is like most people you're not paying for their opportunities. You're paying for their mistakes. A lot of people don't even want you to like, and, and, and if it is an opportunity, they keeping it to themselves. And so selfishness will get you here and selfishness will keep you here. Because if you're too generous, people are going to take advantage of it. If you're too loving and too nice, people are going to take advantage of it. And I've just seen it. And I know that like, when you look at all the stories of all these successful people who have gone broke, Usually it's because they're taking care of everybody, grown human beings who had the ability to take care of themselves. But when somebody around them made it, they decided they don't want to work no more. And so your generosity can be your downfall. Yeah. You you can't build the wealth if you're giving it all away. You know, they say don't don't eat the seeds. You can't give away the seeds either. For those of you out there, be sure to join our Patreon for more spicy talk like this.
that we can't put out in the public and get around other black wealth builders that you can connect with, man. Join the Patreon. The link will be in the show notes for sure. We're going to hit them with one last tweet before we start wrapping it up. Charles, you said the most powerful motivation is rejection. Um, I saw that and it was a um, actually a Warren Buffett quote, but I found that like <clears throat> a lot of time, a lot of us who are entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs because we weren't good employees. <laughs> and, and for me, some of the best motivation that I've gotten was um, not getting jobs I wanted to get, maybe not getting into schools I wanted to get into, not being accepted by people that I wanted to accept me. And it's put a chip on my shoulder and I keep that chip on my shoulder. Sometimes I create a chip where there is no chip because I think that that is what allows us to keep grinding at midnight, keep grinding at 10 o'clock, keep grinding on a Saturday or a Sunday. Like those are the things that keep us going. And so like that rejection fuels me, that rejection pushes me and it continues to be a motivation for me um, even as like new things happen. So I just, I just thought it was insightful because I could relate. But it really was a Warren Buffett quote that I saw. And I was like, man, let me just repurpose this. I think I shared it on my page, too, like with his actual face and stuff. But, yeah, that was one of the things that I saw. <clears throat> yeah, man. We're going to wrap this up. This late night tweet talk on Thursday night. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tweet Talk Pod. That's P-O-D. Follow myself, Raphael, on Twitter at Work Money Life. Follow Charles on Twitter at Real Todd Billion. Follow us on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Follow Charles on Instagram at Todd Billion. And follow the parent company, Todd Capital, at Todd.Capital. That's with two Ds. And you know, it's spelled capital with A's in there for sure. Gonna leave y'all with one last thought before we say goodnight. Like Charles said earlier, spend only the babies that your money makes. Never spend the mom. Episode 127 of Tweet Talk, the Black Wealth Podcast. We are your hosts, Raphael and Charles. Peace. Yeah. Yes, this is Donald the Voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk podcast featuring, of course, Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands. And look, man, if you just listen to this episode, then you know exactly what I'm capable of. You know my swag. You know what I can do. And so without any further ado, I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk podcast episode listeners. And here's what it is. Head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you have podcasts or video editing needs, let's talk. And of course, I'm giving you a real, real nice deal. But you have to mention that you're a Tweet Talk podcast listener. And this offer isn't going to last forever. So if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content, come and holla at your boy. And I promise to take care of you, our dedicated listener to the Tweet Talk podcast. Again, head over to DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation. Okay, back to your day, your evening, your morning, whatever's going on. Peace.